0: everyone, and welcome to the Master of Global Health Delivery, or MGHD, podcast at the University of Global Health Equity. This podcast is an opportunity for MGHD students in the health management, gender, sexual, and reproductive health, and One Health tracks to discuss topics we're passionate about, both within and outside of the classroom. We'll be rotating hosts for each topic, so you'll have someone new to listen to every time. My name is Gretchen Walsh. I am a member of the current class of 2022 in the Gender, Sexual, and Reproductive Health track, and I'll be your host for this episode. This week, in celebration of International Women's Day and Women's History Month, we have invited Rashida Nambazira, a lecturer at the Center of Gender Equity at UGHE. Rashida is a graduate of the MGHD program and was a creator of the GSRH track, with its first cohort this year. We are delighted to have you, Rashida. Do you want to introduce yourself a bit more and your work?
1: Yes, um, thank you Gretchen. Thank you for having me as the first guest of <laughs> this podcast. Uh, it's really exciting but it's, it's an honor. Um, yeah, so my name is Rashida, like she said. I'm from Uganda and I'm a lecturer um, for the GSRH track. In the MGHD program. Um, Yeah, so my work um, has mostly been in program management, specifically um, for the training, in the training um, component of programs. Um, So previously, I have worked with um, NGOs to do short trainings and create curriculum for that. Um, my most recent job before I joined, um, MGHD as a lecturer was actually at the university, um, at a university in Uganda, the Mbarara University of Science and Technology, where I worked, um, on the emergency medicine program, um, you know, creating curriculum for that for nurses and, um, helping coordinate the curriculum development for the, um, residency program. Um, yeah. And I'm now here. <laughs> At UGHE as a lecturer um, for the GSRH track, which I love, um, and it goes with you know along along my work of you know training and creating curriculum and working with students, which I love. Well, I must say, first,
0: it is truly our honor to have you with us, Rashida. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We were so excited when you agreed to join us, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this topic is near to your heart and your daily work, so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to jump in. Um, But since we are on the MGHD, Master's in Global Health Delivery podcast, um, could you tell us about your experience doing the MGHD program, and what was the most interesting part for you?
1: Um. I mean, it seems like a long time ago since I was a student in the in the program, but I do remember part of it. Um, I think for me, the most interesting part of the program is there's no one part, um, but the students, right? The, the, the faculty, yes. the way the program is set up in itself is very interesting and enriching, right? So you have this diversity. Um, I mean, unfortunately for us, but it was during COVID. Um, so we didn't get a chance to have students from many different continents. So we're all African, except one person who was from Pakistan, but we still, we were still Africans from different countries. So that diversity still applied. And we had, you know, very interesting conversations and, you know, arguments and stuff around culture and differences and all of this, which really made it good. Um, and, you know, again, of course, the skills and the education that I got, And then practicum, where it all came together, was one of my favorite things. I was lucky to work on costing a breast cancer early detection program, something that I had no idea I knew how to do (laughs) until I actually started doing it. And I would never have got this chance if I wasn't in the MGHD program. Um, So, yeah. So with that, I think my practicum experience was very, very important and very interesting because I got to apply everything that I learned in the program, but also some of these, you know, dynamics of how to manage, you know, partners, how to manage different, you know, preceptors, how to manage different stakeholders. And I learned a new skill. So I'd say it's a win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to so many of the things you were saying. And Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely was what drew me to the program was the diversity Mm -hmm. of the school, the entire school, Mm -hmm. and the setup. Um, So you decided to continue your time at UGHE. Yeah, I did. (laughs) What made you want to do that? What was your motivation for joining the Center for Gender Equity?
1: Yeah, so the Center for Gender Equity. So, I mean, UGHE is all about, you know, equity in every aspect of it, right? But there is something special about gender in itself, right? From my previous work, I had always wondered, like, what is the gender dynamic here? Like, that was always a question Mm. that was always in the back of my mind. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, if I'm teaching, if I'm in a meeting, if I'm engaging with stakeholders, there was always that question of, hmm, I wonder how gender is playing into the dynamics that are happening right now. And so to have a a, a center at UGHE Mm. that actually caters to this, right, Uh, to me, that's amazing, right? And so the reason I wanted to join the center is because... It, the, the strategy of the center and the whole goal of the center is not just about education, right? But it's education in terms of we have a track, a GSRH track in the master's program. They teach the undergraduates how to, you know, mainstream gender and how to, you know, think about gender issues. But there's also the research component, right? We all know that a lot of research that we have right now is, not, is gender neutral. It's not really specific. It's not the data is not disaggregated, mm. right? So having a center that's actually catering to this and is specifically working to, you know, do research and, you know, talk about and think about research um, that is specific to gender, to me, that's important. And then there's the community aspect of it, community work, community engagement, right? So having the three aspects, education, research, and community engagement, and dealing with gender to me is a win. <laughs> so that sold me on it. And I was like, if I'm, if I'm to join UGHE, This is the center for me. So, yeah, that's how I decided at least to join. That was my motivation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. And it really segues into what I'd love to dig deeper into is is your interest in gender, but Mm -hmm. specifically, you know, broadly gender, sexual and reproductive health. Mm -hmm. And what sparked that for you? And also maybe where has your passion kind of geared towards and I'm guessing we might get into adolescent sexual oh, reproductive yeah. health oh, yeah. here. <laughs> um yeah, well, yeah, if you could tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so like she said, everyone knows this. <laughs> my interest in GSRH is always around young people. My whole career, everything that I do has always been inspired by young people. Um, and so in my work, in teaching, in because, you know, even though I'm not an, a clinician, I have always worked in the hospital and health care space. Um, and I, I just saw a lot of inequities in terms of young people. Like, for example, you know, a lot of the nurses uh Younger, like a lot of nurses are actually young people. A lot of um, medical interns are actually young people. A lot of medical students are actually young people. And so you see a lot of gender dynamics playing into that in how they train, in how they provide healthcare, in how they, you know, just the dynamics of how they interact with each other. I'm very big also in interprofessional um, collaboration. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, even within the young people of different. disciplines you can already see the gender playing into it like Mm. doctor versus nurse you know like there's always that element right in young people and so for me observing that working with that trying to mentor people to sort of not have this be something that Exp- um, affects their experience in a negative way it made me really um, have an interest in gender issues. But then the SRH part, again going back to young people I happen to um, have a lot of, I've, I've happened to work with a lot of young people who are HIV positive, but also just young people that are confused about, like, what is, you know, you know like, <laughs> relationships are- and, like, a lot of my nieces, like, you know, my cousins are always, like, talking about sexuality and all these things, like, they have no idea yes. what they're doing, like, you, you tap on a conversation where they're giving themselves, like, completely wrong information and you're like, hmm, I wonder what I can do. So, like, all these mm. experiences and just me being exposed to things, like, this um, made me interested in the SRH part, but also the gender part and how that plays into the experiences of young people in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And and what you were talking about with, you've already observed in your every experience, like you were saying, these Mm -hmm. gender dynamics, Mm -hmm. wherever setting you're in, particularly with young people. Um, I would love to know how how that same dynamic manifested mm-hmm. itself in our classroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what did, you, you know, how much did we deviate from that? And how much did we kind of fall into things that you expected dynamics and mm. conversations? Did we surprise you? Did we just check the box that you yeah, already
1: knew? I mean, <laughs> some of it was surprising, obviously. So things like... A lot of times um, I have had a lot of experiences with young people who will say like, oh, I'm a feminist, you know, and I'm passionate about these issues and stuff. And it's not until they're actually having a conversation with someone and a bias comes up, right? Like someone says something that triggers a bias in them. And then you realize, mm. oh, this one is actually struggling with this one. Like, they're not, as <laughs> they're not as open as they thought they were. They're not as open-minded as they thought they were. Yes. Um, so a lot of that, um, I would say, there's not like one... I can't point out that, you know, this is the theme of what has surprised me. But there has been moments where we've been having a discussion or, you know, I've been... Mm.
0: That tapping into conversations
1: experience. or something and then I realized, oh yeah, there is actually this part of, you know, gender equality or gender dynamics that you actually did not think about. Um, but also the other thing that, I mean, in terms of surprising... Um, People did, I mean, the students did choose to do the GSRH track. So you mm. do expect that a lot of them either have interest in that or experience in that. So it sort of does put them in a bubble in a way that they're already thinking in a certain way, right? Yes. So we we did experience that. Like a lot of the topics that you brought up, you didn't get too much of diversity in terms of perspectives mm. um, because they already sort of... You know, you, you <laughs> already this. sort of you chose this, so you 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 sort of already probably did some of the research, and you already think like that. Yeah. So a lot of the things when we teach, we are sort of preaching to the choir in a way, um, mm-hmm. which, in terms of teaching, it forces you to think: How can I challenge them? Mm-hmm. How can I? What can I ask to like you know challenge what they already know or what they're already thinking about? Um, yeah. So that was one of the things. The one other thing I can say is. I don't know. I expected the passion, and you know the op- the, the opinions of you know people that <laughs> the normal the people who are passionate about gender issues. Usually, you expect them to be passionate and loud. I think I sort of underestimated how much that would be. The passion in this classroom is crazy. Like <laughs> these students will talk and talk and talk and talk. And you're just like, oh my goodness, they're very it. Right? guilty. They're very guilty there. But you know, that passion is good, right? I expected it. I just did not expect the the extent of it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but it's good. And then I also expected, the ex- like I said, I expected the experiences that they have. So that wasn't much of a surprise. Um, but in terms of implementation, um, the one thing that surprised me as we were, at least as I was teaching the course and as I was implementing this course is some of the aspects and the angles of this that we, at least I did not think about, right? Mm. Things like how One Health plays into GSRH. Like, you know, when you're developing a course, you don't really think we might need, you know, a sub course on this, on like how One Health plays into this. But as you deliver it, you realize, oh, wait, actually (laughs) we could use a session on this, right? So things like that um, surprised me during the implementation And, yeah, and some of the other suggestions that students bring up, like every once in a while a student will come and say, oh, what if we added this, you know, angle to this course? Um, And then you'll be like, yeah, actually, that's a good point and you didn't think about it. Um, But, yeah, but, you know, in general, I think it's going eh, how we expected it would go (laughs) with some lessons to learn and, you know, some improvements to make in the future, hopefully. Definitely. And I think that point you were making about um,
0: the fact that we have a really passionate class and also people who Mm. are already coming into this with already being open to some extent. I have to say, I was so actually pleased and surprised in our class Mm -hmm. by some people who very clearly align themselves with a set of values, Mm -hmm. but are really, really good at being open Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: perspectives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And I'm wondering... Based off of our experience in class of very mm-hmm. heated debates, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if you just have a, if any quick advice for mm-hmm. having conversations in these settings where either gender is not even on the table mm-hmm. or you're coming up against some sort of adversity or difference in understanding, mm-hmm. either maybe how you handle those situations or just... Any sort of basic advice on approaching that?
1: Yeah so I mean and this is something that I've always said to the students I think you know this right You already know what I'm gonna say. Um, you cannot um, you cannot change someone's perspective and you cannot change someone's mindset in an, in, in one conversation, right yes. So every time you face adversity, you always have to think, what is the, what is the point here, right? Like, what are you trying to do? Because if you're trying to change someone's perspective, you have to understand, first of all, you have to understand why they think this way. What is it about their experience that might be leading them to think this way, that might be leading them to this bias? So my advice is listen, mm-hmm. listen, 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 listen more than you speak actually, because the more you let the person speak the more you understand yes. them but also the more they are likely to listen to you when it's your turn to talk right so a lot of times students not just students but but people who are passionate about subjects they tend to think that just talking and talking and talking and you know bombarding people with evidence and numbers and it's it's what is what's going to do it yes. but they they forget that this person has reasons why they think this way Mm-hmm. deep-rooted reasons why they think this way right yes. so if you don't give the, them the platform the, the platform to engage with you in a respectful way and if you don't give them that voice for them to actually explain to you or to freely interact with you this conversation is as well as not happening you know so yeah listen give people the platform be open-minded um yeah like don't let your passion drive you to speaking too much Right. Because it's not, it's not just about the content you're saying, it's how you frame it. It's how your audience, know your audience, right? A lot of times you have to know your audience. So then you know how to speak, you know how to interact with them. And then you'll achieve what you, you, I mean, you won't always achieve it in the shortest time, but it will be effective at least.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for that, Rashida. I think it's so key and (laughs) (laughs) it's so applicable. I think sometimes we forget about it, especially like you said, and sometimes in the classroom when we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I would also like to ask about taking some of these skills forward. Mm. What are the hopes you have for Mm. us, me and the other students of this cohort, Mm. and even going forward to future cohorts, whether in and outside the classroom? Mm. What are the hopes you have for, for this class and what we take from this moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, my hope is that the students... Come out with a more rounded experience, right? Like, mm-hmm. for example, when I did the MGHD program, I did the health management track, right? Right now, even though it was, you know, I, it was really a good experience and I loved it, I'm more open to exploring other aspects of global health. Right. Yes. And this is what led me to GSRH. So don't restrict yours. I'm I'm hoping that my students, at least this cohort or everyone that I ever teach, um, doesn't restrict themselves to the, to the track or the program that they did specifically in school. Right. Because Mm -hmm. once you do that, you're boxing yourself in and you're limiting your abilities And and by that you're limiting the amount of change that you can actually do of in course. the world. Right. So I hope that the students are more rounded, that they think more big mm. picture. For me, that is the, <clears throat> the biggest thing. I hope that the students think big picture. Mm. Like don't I hope they don't get too, you know, round up in, in winning and, you know, and like getting yes. the point through, but they actually think about what is the big picture here. Right. What am I trying to achieve? If it's equity, is me speaking over everyone the best way to achieve this? Like you know, take the lessons that they've learned—not just the the theories and everything—but take the soft skills you've learned, like the interactions that you've had with people. Take that. Take the feedback. I hope that they take the feedback that they've got throughout the course and apply it not just in their coursework, but also in the rest of their lives. Um, I also hope that. <clears throat> In terms of the people that they've met, in terms of if it's, you know, classmates, faculty, I hope that they, they continue to build on those networks, right? And to also take um, the examples that they've got from people that they've made through the course, but also in life um, and apply that to become better people with time, um, but also to achieve, you know, what they're hoping to achieve in life.
0: Oh. <laughs> thank you we appreciate everything you've done for us to get to that point point. Mm. and I think it, it really just fits into what you were saying about what we just talked about with debating right yeah. if if you're preaching to the choir of mm-hmm. people who are already in and you know doing maybe abortion advocacy in yeah. a certain context mm-hmm. then you're gonna miss anyone whose ears are not open to that conversation oh, yes and, <laughs> and and much less if you don't know how to sit, talk to those people you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. I think it, it it is really key and I think hopefully with the environment of all the different
1: tracks yeah. and being surrounded by this whole yeah. campus. Here and I together. think, I think it will hit. Like there is something about when you train in a bubble, when you train with people who think like you, 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 you come out of the class thinking, all right, yeah, we got this. I won. Right. And then it's not until you've Go out into the real world. <laughs> and you're faced Just with reflecting adversity. on personal experience. <laughs> right, right. And then you're faced with adversity. Like you're going into a room and no one's no no one knows what you're talking about. Yes. You know, and you're like, wait a minute, what happened to the win that I had last week? Like what happened to and that is the matter of life is that is that is the truth. People are not always going to agree with you. People are not always going to understand what you're talking about. Because you have different backgrounds, right? So it is, it's not easy, but we have to, part of this work and part of um, being a global health leader, honestly, what I've learned is the humility. Mm. You have to be able to understand that not everyone, just because you have, you know, a master's degree in yes. global health delivery doesn't mean people are going to believe that, you know, you know what you're talking about. Right. So you have to sort of think about other ways to get to people, other ways to get your issues through um, you know, beyond what you think the, the bubble, (laughs) beyond what the bubble is telling you, that is the effective way you have to get creative in life sometimes. Um, but yeah,
0: definitely. You're reminding me of of a great quote that I really appreciate from, um, Octavia Butler, which is everything you touch, you change Uh and everything you change changes you exactly and the second half of that is probably the hardest thing (laughs) to accept but like what you're saying it's Mm -hmm. so key if we want to go anywhere together Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so as we're rounding out here i i just want to kind of get maybe a deeper into your personal experience or Mm -hmm. drive Mm -hmm. so i love this question and which is what makes your blood boil and how do you use that energy from that emotion to move you forward in your work?
1: Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what makes my blood boil? I, I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but it is the truth. Just seeing change. Small changes to me is the best thing. Like mm. That moment when I teach a student something, And the look on their face, like, I've got it. It's like, aha, that's why I'm here. Like, those are the (laughs) things when I mentor a young woman or, you know, someone young and their self-esteem is improved somehow, right? Like teaching someone how to make a presentation or teaching someone how to, even if they just get up there and, you know, speak for one minute and yesterday they couldn't do that to me that makes my blood boil and I want to do it again. Right. So things like that, even if it's in like program management and like all those management work that I've done for me, it's not always about the big impact. It's about the one patient that comes and they're satisfied. Right. Things like that. When a patient, like, for example, in, in advocacy work, right. Like the best feeling for me in the world is when a patient comes They lose the, you know, someone brings their mom or their dad or their sister, the patient dies, but the person still comes back and says, you did your best, Mm. right? Like to me, that is the best feeling in the world. So it's the same thing. Like if I teach a student and they don't get a hundred percent, they don't get 90%, but there's this one thing that Mm. they took out of the experience that makes my blood boil. (laughs) And that's (laughs) what keeps me going, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I don't um, know if that's a good answer, but <laughs> oh, that's a great
0: answer, and I really relate to it. I've been, I've done a couple of different small teaching assistant experiences, mm-hmm. and that that aha moment, mm-hmm. or when you're explaining mm-hmm. research, which sometimes seems yeah. so out of reach mm-hmm. to my mom or dad or my little cousin, mm-hmm. and you can explain it in a way that they get it. Mm-hmm. It's so rewarding, and, and like we're saying, you want to go somewhere together, so <laughs> having that is yeah. key. So. I think we're going to wrap up here and I just want to give a huge thank you to you and not just for this moment of the podcast, but mm. you really have instilled everything that you just shared with us here oh into God. us in the class. you
1: going to make me cry. <laughs>
0: Well, really for the listeners I've been nodding and quietly laughing behind the microphone and um, I hope you all also got to take away some of these uh, nuggets that you can move forward with and apply in your own life mm-hmm. and um, with that we hope you join us again next time and oh. listen to our next episode <laughs> um, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time
1: yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs>